I want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Pro Quick Draw, real quick. Uh, as season is ending and you're maybe watching the NFL and you want to put in new plays and you want to put in new things, uh, Pro Quick Draw is where it's at. You can use the code Culture Classroom when you talk to PJ with um, Pro Quick Draw, and you can get a significant discount. And you also yeah. have a free trial that you can have as well. Um, you and I both use it. Yeah. And it is phenomenal from NFL all the way down to Pee Wee Ball. Um, it is user-friendly with Microsoft and Vizio. Yeah, 29 NFL teams use it. And then it plays nice with Huddle. You can do inserts with clips. plays nice with YouTube, so you can upload it. I mean, this is all how I, how I preach to our team. Even if you just do the trial and you don't sign up for a subscription, you get to keep everything that you create. So what you create is yours. Um, so for coaches out there that are looking for uh, – to make their life easier or to make their presentations a little more professional. There it is. Pro Quick Draw is definitely the way to go. Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. All right, Coach Torrey, we're back with another edition of the Culture Classroom. Uh, another night of NFL football. We... Said it was going to happen. I hope it wouldn't happen. But the Eagles, womp, womp, womp. You know, the Eagles and the, uh, I mean, I don't know who has it worse, the Cowboys or the Eagles. Uh, so that fan base is very distraught uh, right now after watching what Tampa Bay did. Baker Mayfield had his day, and the rookie sensation had his way as well. Uh, so, yeah, what, what's the Harbaugh family saying? No one's got it better than us. Well, the Eagles and the Cowboys, the NFC East, they're saying uh, everyone's got it better than us. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. So, uh, interesting night uh, of NFL football. The Buffalo took care of business like they should have. Um, you know, the saddest part to me, I think, was seeing Jason Kelsey. It was kind of like the Mike McCarthy, but as a player on a different night, just knowing the end is near and just not motivated at all. All, I mean, you saw the sideline. They were unmotivated. You start out 10 and one. Well, that didn't bode well for you because you go one and seven the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, in the conversation for uh, the one seed and I mean, it looked like they were going to run away with it. And then to lose in the wild card on the road, like it's just brutal. Right. And I don't know, is is the NFL, they put a priority on winning your division. And I think that ties into the podcast we're about to do here. Uh, I call it just win, baby, because we kind of had a similar situation in Monarch football this year. Mm-hmm. We haven't won the district up here since 2001. Wow. So in, in Iowa, we play district football. You've got uh, five teams in a district. Uh, you play them all at round robin style, and the winner comes out, gets an automatic berth in the playoff. Uh, if you win your district, you get to host a home game for the playoffs. So very similar to how the NFL does it. And uh, we played Coach Ken Vigdal's team, you know, one of our good friends here, a guest in the culture classroom a few times. And uh, Coach Vigdal and I talk all the time, but he's Lamar's as head coach. That's who we played in week eight for the district championship. And wow. uh, it was a brutal night, rain, you know, wind, uh, 40 degree temperatures, like, it was it was a brutal night, and uh, we ended up winning on a block punt that stopped at the one. We were down three. We blocked the punt. It stops on the one. If it goes into the end zone and recovers, it's a safety. We there's less than three minutes left in the game. We still got to find a way to score. 
we end up punching it in from the one uh, and it was 15 to, to 13 was the final, something like that. I mean, 15 to 12, just a crazy night, but it comes down to, you got to be able to win on the road. You got to, and there's a, and then you get rewarded for winning your division. That's right. Well, I, I want to piggyback off what we talked about yesterday uh, in, in that podcast of the two things that, how do you change the culture? Well, the second one's ultimately you have to win and getting things going in the right direction. Uh, things happen for reasons. And that's when you start looking at, hey, that ball was on the one. And when we had a similar instance in the Oak Grove game, we blocked a field goal. And when it gets blocked uh, toward the goalpost, it's a live ball. Well, they're going to pick it up and they get the ball. We're scrambling for it and they go down, their knees down on the one. So that sends it into overtime. So you talk about game of inches. Uh, it is definitely a game of inches uh, when you speak on that terms. But, you know, just like yesterday, um, you have to have each other's back, which Philadelphia didn't. <laughs> it, you, that was, I mean, with each other's players. But then the second one, what I love that we're going to talk about today is just win, baby. Like you got to win. You got you got to win, especially when all the chips are on the line, right? I mean, and that's what was so frustrating to watch Jason uh, Jason Kelsey is here's a guy who's done it for a long time, multiple pro bo pro bowler, multiple first team uh, all pro guy. You know, 13 years with the Eagles, guys don't retire with their organization anymore. And you could see in the fourth quarter, the game wasn't out of hand yet, but he was very emotional on the sideline. And I had this conversation with a couple of coaches this morning here in our district where it's like, as an NFL player, you know when it's time to hang it up. Like, mm -hmm. like you just know. Yeah. And so it's hard to watch, but you got to win. I mean, you can't build a brotherhood or your brotherhood doesn't mean much if you don't win. Right. And I go back, Mississippi Roots. Uh, Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackle, um, just visibly you could see him like it was it was painstakingly just bad. It was just bad uh, watching them compete on the road. Uh, like you said, had a chance to win the division. But let's go into this podcast and let's talk about your Wilt Journal and how um, we've done these before. I think it was, you know, way back in 2023. I say yeah. way like October, November. I don't know what it was. No, it's we good. Started it's doing good. these things, and, and I think this is going to help coaches kind of build their toolbox of talks they can have with their team. And we've talked about that before. But this theme, just win, baby. You gave us the the context of how it was. But let's let's talk about what you did with this. Um, you know, what does winning require? You have a list that's on here that you can go through. But there was a certain thing that you did, and. Um, Depending on if you're a fisherman or not, you'll understand it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite ones that I put together. And, and again, week eight, everything, it's all or nothing. We either win the district or we get second. If we get second, we're still in the playoffs, right? But at the end of the day, I think one of the things about being here in Denison, right, a team that doesn't win very often. We have our third head coach in four years up here. He's in, actually in the Iowa Hall of Fame. He came back out of retirement to come uh, lead our program again. And people were saying, oh, you're going to win two games. You know, and and it's like, no, we ended up winning seven, seven out of nine and qualifying for the playoffs, winning the district for the first time since 01. But how do you win? I think that's the dirty secret, right? How do the Cowboys crumble when it matters the most? And how do the teams rise above that when it matters the most? And uh, for me, it's about character. Right. And you and I were talking about this earlier uh, and the Joe Burrow story that we've shared on another podcast about the fishermen, two fishermen in Alaska. It's a really cold day. They're using the same bait, the same gear. One's catching fish, the other one isn't. 
And finally, the frustrated fisherman looks at his friend and goes, hey, man, how come you're catching all the fish? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy pulls out a worm out of his mouth and he says, well, it's because I keep my bait in my mouth. Yeah. And so I did that. So I put a mouth. I practiced all week. I've, I've talked to other coaches that have done this. And then I'm getting texts all that week of, hey, man, you better have the balls to do this. Like, better not back out on this. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't sleep very well that week. Like, I, I was pretty nervous about how this whole thing was going to go. My six-year-old wanted to make sure he was in the room with me because he's like, oh, man, dad's going to put a worm in his mouth. I got to see this. Um, and so the, I, the reaction was very flat. You know, as I pull the worm out of my mouth after I tell the story, people are like, no reaction. And so I think people just need a, a minute to process it. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is are you willing to do things that requ- that winning requires? And most people aren't. Yeah, I, I'll go with you with that. Um, there's this thing where people, if you're hungry to win versus, and it's in it's in the journal, and then hungry to do what's willing, hungry to do what winning requires. And I think that's, that speaks as, look, it's easy to say, hey, we want to win. We want to do this. And we talk about coaches that are just the coaching carousel that's going on and coaches that are getting new jobs right now and they want to turn around teams or they're in a new position group or you're an organization that's you want to get it to a Fortune 500 company. Well, what does it mean to win? What does it mean to be successful? Well, it it goes back to the Dan Campbell thing. You know, you go yeah. get your feet, you just go put your boots on and let's go to work. And I think that's one of the the hidden gems that people understand is, it still requires work. You have to work at it. It's going to, there's not a microwave button where you put and it's a minute 25 and it comes out and it's cooked and it's ready to go. No, you got to put in work and you have to be willing to, to do the hard things. And, uh, and look, you gotta have, you got, and you got to have luck go your way. Sometimes it's like, I don't know why our ball stopped on the one, why it didn't go into the end zone. And there was no way we were going to have enough to, to muster the drive you know, to, to actually uh, win the game after that point. So yeah. I don't know why weird things happen like that, but it does. And football is a weird game and there's all kinds of things like that. And I think that goes with character. The mm-hmm. more work you've put in, then the ball starts to bounce your way a little bit more often. I mean, Thomas Jefferson said that the harder you work, you know, the, the luckier you get because you're out there actively looking and pursuing victory. And I think that's where people fall short. We, we work as long as we see the benefit and then when we don't see the benefit, we give up. Yeah. So my my daughter, her fifth grade teacher asked her, I asked the whole class at the beginning of this year, uh, 2024, you know, one word and all that stuff. And everybody's like, I, I have a phrase. And I was like, well, what's your phrase? She goes, I want to be a hard worker. And I was like, that is great. You know, and that as a dad, that makes me feel good. Like she's going to be a hard worker. But I also told her, I was like, that's really easy to say. Are you willing to put in the work to do that? Yeah. That takes time and effort, and it's not a one day, it's not a two day. It's, if you're going to be a hard worker, it's an everyday kind of thing. And this goes back to, I don't know, long time ago, you've said this, but it's a mirror test. You know, in your yeah. mirror test, it's easy to to ask yourself those questions. The hard part is looking at yourself and then having to answer those questions with truth, not because you can't lie to yourself. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a big thing and on, on this wheel journal. You have, you know, scout yourself. Well, that's a big part of it. If you're a leader of an organization, if you're a head football coach, if you're a position coach, if you're a leader of any type, what are, what are some of the attributes that are that make you who you are? And if not putting in and burning the midnight oil is one of yours, you know, you might have to reevaluate yourself because when I just think about when leaders are hard workers, 
there, there's just a different mindset. There's a different air about them when they walk in a room. And I, and, and I've heard this before, um, that you want to work hard. I, that's great, but I want you to be a hard worker. And those yeah. two same words, just totally different meaning. Well, I'm telling you, uh, those those two words from your daughter uh, strike a chord in my heart because as a father, that's the hardest thing that I'm fighting. People ask me all the time, they're like, Coach Story, how come you have such big hands? And it's like, well, I grew up on a dairy farm. So mm -hmm. we carried five-gallon bucket of water and corn and feed, and I'm throwing hay bales. And it's like, that's just work that I can't duplicate for my kids. I sold our farm. I didn't want to be a farmer. I want to be a teacher and a coach. That's my life's mission. I'm not a farmer. That's just my roots. And uh, I can't duplicate that for my kids. So they don't know what I think about right now. It's minus 40 degrees up here. You know, there's a foot of snow on the ground. Guess what? The cows still need milk. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, so you don't get big hands and broad shoulders and tough, thick skin unless you're a hard worker and uh, there's no substitute for that. I, and as a dad, I'm struggling with that because how I grew up is not how my kids are going to grow up. Not only has the world changed, but my circumstances have changed as well. And this is really hard for me because I didn't realize there was such thing as uh, you knew it. You knew the Midwest work ethic existed. You knew the farmer work ethic existed. You kind of took pride in that. And that's what got you through the tough times uh, when the crops aren't growing well, or when the prices are down or, or when you're you're fixing the electric fence because the cows got to stay in and it's raining and it's cold and you know you're halfway down and your mutters in the creek, but you know that exists. But I didn't really realize that it, it was a real thing until I started to move around the country and I lived in New York and then I worked for the 49ers and I lived in Southern California and Houston and New Orleans and you see people and you're like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Why don't you just pitch in, grab something and and do it like it's. We don't need to wait to get approval. Let's just do it. And right. that just mentality doesn't exist. So it tugs at my heartstrings that your daughter wants to be known as a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, I read that uh, yesterday. She was doing some work. We're out of school today for uh, the ice, which is pretty comical. Uh, you would laugh at it. It's It feels like one degree here. Um, yesterday, it was the same temperature in Buffalo as it was here. So that's a huge shock to people in the South. Like the water runs off the shelves. The milk runs off the shelves. The bread yeah. runs off the shelves. You're like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Uh, but to hear her say that and show me that, and she has it in her little trapper keeper uh, that she wants to be known as that, uh, helps me out as a dad, but also lets me know that she wants to be pushed, I think. Um, yeah. She wants to have that high character of being a hard worker and doing things that some people don't want to do or – it's just like when you walk down the hallway and you see a piece of trash, do you pick it up or not? Right. Those little things like that. Like it doesn't matter if it's mine or not. Like I'm going to pitch in and I'm going to help. A absolutely. And uh, this goes into Al Davis's just win baby, right? Everyone knows that cliche. I've got a shirt on it because it means more than that to me. And it meant more to Al Davis. It's just, that's what caught on. That's what people remember him as. And so in this Wilt journal, there's four things to developing football character, according to Al Davis. The first thing, it goes back to that hardworking mentality you just said, the lunch pail mentality. You have to practice hard. If you don't practice hard, then the game's going to be difficult. You're not going to be able to respond. You're not going to be able to work through the bumps and bruises. Almost everybody you talk to says that they make their practices difficult. I'm reading Tomlin right now. He talks about terrible Tuesdays was his goal. And everyone knew they were going to run. They were going to hit. 
And then they were going to run gassers at the end of practice. And everyone hated Terrible Tuesdays. Hence the name Terrible Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. But if you practice hard, the game's easy. So that's the first step to the character uh, that you need to build. The second one is you have to know your assignments. And in today's world, we would just say this is execution. You have to execute. You can't get by with sloppy play. I looked at the Eagle game last night. They were 0-9 on third down. This is a third down conversion and red zone league. If you don't convert on third down and you can't turn uh, win the four-point plays, if you can't turn those field goals into touchdowns, you are not going to win in the postseason. That's just the reality, and all the analytics will tell you that. But you have to know your assignment. You have to actually execute. Uh, the third thing is you can't be a disruptive force in the locker room. So if you're going to build a team, if you're going to be a brotherhood, you can't be disruptive on the sideline, in the locker room, at the team. You can't go against the grain. You can go a little bit. You can push a little bit. But at the end of the day, you have to say, hey, you know, this is where we are. And I think it goes back to what you and I talk about with be you, but align with us. That's right. Mm -hmm. You have to have alignment. And then the last part uh, to football character is you have to be able to play through pain. Now, I know Al Davis said play hurt. I think that's a bad message because if you're hurt, you shouldn't play. I mean, we struggle with that in today's game anyway. We want to rush people back out onto the field, even though it's not the best thing for them. So I frame it as you need to play through pain. Can you get by with that bump and bruise? You know, you, you, and, and my quarterback says it best, right? And when your quarterback's the hardest worker in the room, that's when the magic happens, honestly, because uh, that's the best relationship that I have on our team is with our quarterback. And then when he's the hardest worker, everything else falls into place. But he always has this phrase uh, and it, it's be sore Saturday. So it's like, I love that play through pain, be sore Saturday, um, and then everything else will be fine. But seize the moment. Yeah, I love that from your quarterback. Uh, be sore Saturday kind of goes with terrible Tuesday. Like you have days of the week. Well, if you're not sore on Saturday, you didn't give your all on Friday uh, for a high school kid. So, wow, that's our quarterback would echo that as well. Like, he's the toughest son of a gun. He's already graduated. He's at USM right now going. He's going to start spring ball with them. So, entered, graduated early and going to do that. But, man, those those four things from Al Davis, you can <laughs> – you start thinking about just football, but that applies to life and anything that we do. And, and he wrote that in the 60s. So here we are 60 years later. It is still true. Yeah, still true. Um, wow. Well, and, and then I guess my last thing that I'm going to, I close this Wilt Journal with, and uh, I don't know, then I'll, I'll listen to whatever he, else you want to talk about. But Mark <laughs> D'Antonio, I closed this Wilt Journal with a quote from Mark D'Antonio. And I think it sets the whole mindset for what's your mentality of going to, are you going to win? And uh, Mark D'Antonio says, you can weather the storm or you can be the storm. And again, mm -hmm. it was such a fitting quote for uh, our game against Lamar's 40 degrees rain on the road. We aren't going to weather the storm. We're going to be the storm. Uh, we didn't pack the sideline coats. Like that sends a bad mentality. Nope. The storm doesn't need sideline coats, right? Like we're, we're going to do this our way and uh, we're not worried about whatever, whatever, everything else around us is happening. Yeah. Our baseball coach, uh, Alan Pavette had asked me a question before and he's like, are you a Buffalo or a cow? Yes. Like I'm going to say a Buffalo because it just sounds tougher, right? <laughs> you've been on a dairy farm, you've worked on a dairy farm, but yeah. he said, no, that, that Buffalo run into the storm. And I think that's a good way to look into it is that, you know, you want to be the one that goes, you are the storm. You're going to run to it. You're not afraid of it. Um, and as a leader, 
whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you're a CEO, when you're the one that's ready to take on the tough decisions, the tough things that have to happen, that you're going to run to it uh, instead of run away from it. I think it just shows uh, a leadership quality that you have that separates you from everybody else because, look, everybody wants to be leaders, but not everybody can be a leader. So that's that's what it looks like. And um, I, I'm so glad you said that, Coach Weaver, because we we start our day with Pride Pack, which is kind of like uh, a group of, of kids that we kind of that we kind of get together with. And this is the name of my Pride Pack. We call ourselves we call ourselves the herd. Oh. And then uh, the the phrase that I use is charging into the storm. Right. Like this year is going to be full of storms in your life. And again, don't weather the storm, be the storm, go into the storm. So I use that same mentality with our kids up here. That's fantastic. That is, that is fantastic. To see that uh, on your door, uh, look, I didn't even know that was on your door. I had no idea. I know. <laughs> so I appreciate you showing me that. Um, well, I think that's going to do it uh, for this edition of the Culture Classroom. We'll post this Wilt, Wilt Journal so you can add, edit, delete, whatever you want. Just remember to file, make a copy. And it is yours. You can put your team colors, all that stuff. Thanks again for listening to the Culture Classroom. This Wilt Journal will be in the show notes. So download it and it is yours. Once again, thanks for listening to the Culture Classroom. We'll see you all again soon. Just win, baby. Coaches, how many times has your wife asked you, why are you getting home so late? I'm guilty of this too, and it's what sparked a conversation and eventually led to a playbook software. For my husband, it was the frustrations of time wasted on the busy work. Copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging plays, and making last minute changes to the playbook. And that's when it clicked. He made a list of features he wished Visio and PowerPoint had, and then created ProQuickDraw, a plugin specifically for drawing playbooks, making scout cards, and presentations in Visio and PowerPoint. Over three quarters of the NFL are using ProQuickDraw, and thousands of colleges and high schools are turning to this platform because it's addressing the problems modern day coaches have. Do me a favor, find us on the web, Pro Quick Draw, book a demo with one of our coaches, and tell them the Culture Classroom podcast sent you, and you'll get 15% off your annual subscription. Now get home to your wife.